the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's another Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer, wherever you are listening to this show, anywhere around the world. And yes, you can listen to this show around the world, streaming worldwide on the World Wide Web. When was the last time you heard that, World Wide Web? Well, when was the last time you heard Joe Bonamassa on this show? It was pretty frequently. I want to shout about it. Um, I am actually uh, tonight, or just actually by now, I'm probably back at my... uh, uh, friend's place in uh, Livingston Manor. Uh, got a chance to see Joe Bonamassa, Don Felder, and Styx, uh, and and Bethel Woods uh, on Sunday night. And uh, tremendous show. Uh, but I will tell you all about it on next week's program because Joe is phenomenal. You've heard me talk about Joe Bonamassa before. Um, just an w- awesome artist. I've seen Styx many a time. Never seen Don Felder without the Eagles. So... Um, that was kind of a cool, um, odd sort of concert pairing of three bands, uh, but a lot of fun. But coming up in 10 minutes, Matt Barbieri, one of the co-founders of Two Ton Brewing in Kenilworth, New Jersey, is going to join me. It's an interview that I recorded at the brewery uh, back this past Wednesday. Great stuff from Matt about what's coming out soon. Uh, the brewery itself, the origins of the brewery, their little speakeasy that they have in the basement. Uh, and of course, Governor Murphy not signing the beer bill, by the way. Uh, it is well over a month and a half. And uh, yet to sign the beer bill, and it looks like he's going to be conditionally vetoing it. Uh, all of that coming up for two segments in just about 10 minutes. But a lot of news to get to, and we don't have a lot of time, so let's dive right into it. So Tilray Brands, acquiring eight craft brands from Anheuser-Busch InBev in a blockbuster all-cash deal that was announced this past Monday. Tilray, the Canadian cannabis firm that is quickly shedding that standalone image, uh, will acquire the following brands once the deal closes later this year. A shock top, which to me was a shock that Budweiser was still even producing it. Breckenridge Brewery, uh, Blue Point Brewery, Ten Barrel Brewing, Red Hook, Widmer Brothers, Square Mile Cider Company, um, Highball Energy, which AB discontinued in May. Now, the transaction will encompass current employees, breweries, and brew pubs associated with these brands. So anything that is theirs, they acquire. There's some uh, speculation as to whether or not they would still have licensing deals with like with Major League Baseball, like Blue Point has uh, uh, Pinstripe Pilsner. Not sure about that. I guess we'll find out soon enough. Now, those companies join an existing craft beer portfolio that includes Sweetwater Brewing, Montauk, uh, Green Flash, Alpine, 
and the newly created Good Supply Lager brand, as well as Breckenridge Distillery. Post-acquisition, sales volume of Tilray's craft portfolio is expected to make it the fifth largest craft brewery in the United States with 5% share of the market. Uh, pro forma revenue for Tilray Craft Beer Portfolio is projected to top $250 million. Um, this is pretty impressive. Uh, AB is keeping Goose Island obvi- for obvious reasons. Uh, Elysian, Devil's Backbone, Carbach, uh, Golden Road, Wicked Weed, Four Peaks, among others. They also sold a Virtue Cider back to Greg Hall, who was the original owner. It's an interesting deal. Uh, I like it because I think AB InBev had sort of thrown a lot of these guys aside, and, well, maybe with the exception of Blue Point. Um, and they're keeping some of the big ones, obviously Goose Island, Elysian. I don't know if they're still relevant at this point. Um, Devil's Backbone, certainly, um, because there's a lot of loyal drinkers. For Devil's Backbone, uh, I know, I think, uh, what was it, Carbach? Or, no, not Carbach. Golden Road, I think, had a deal uh, with the Dodgers. So, I don't know. It's it's interesting to see uh, what they kept and what they sold. But I like what Tilray is doing here. And they're trying to differentiate themselves as being just a cannabis company. Uh, they've got a, a couple of impressive brands in their portfolio already. Uh, a lot of people like Montauk. A lot of people, I loved Green Flash back in the day. I uh, haven't had the new iteration, but we'll see what happens there. Uh, Sweetwater, obviously, very, very popular. So we shall see what happens. It's an interesting deal. Now, the New York City Council passed its long-awaited outdoor dining bill the Thursday before last, making the pandemic-era program permanent, but with significant curtailments to how New Yorkers have eaten al fresco the past few years. The bill approved in the council uh, by a vote of 34 in favor to 11 against. It goes to Mayor Eric Adams. He's expected to uh, sign it. He was a big proponent of the bill. The bill allows for sidewalk cafes to operate year-round, but those dining setups in the roadway will not be allowed from November 30th to March 31st of a given year, requiring restaurants to pursue costly and labor-intensive setup and disassembly multiple times per year. The bill also only allows for open-air setups, demanding businesses to take down the enclosed dining sheds that came to symbolize the pandemic era in the city. Hours of operation are restricted between 10 a.m. and midnight. So... There's some plus and minuses here uh, to the bill. Uh, a lot of the city community boards uh, voted against making the loosened outdoor dining restrictions permanent. Um, they were not happy about it. They think that um, it wrecks the sidewalk and people are just, you know, inconvenienced. Parking spots taking up. But again, this saved a lot of restaurant jobs. So in some ways, I can understand why these restaurant owners would want to make it uh, permanent. License fees stand at 1050 for four-year terms, considerably less than they cost pre-pandemic. While separate, annual revocable consent fees will be levied with, levied with differing amounts based on location and square footage. The outer boroughs will have lower fees than Manhattan, so obviously it's more expensive to be right in Manhattan. The biggest issue, I think, for the restaurant owners is having to assemble and disassemble these things, uh, you know, sort of in the wintertime. But look, if you're going to have that and extend your business, you're going to be making the money. You're going to have to do that. So whether you like it or not, if you want to continue um, having outdoor dining in this way, then you have to uh, you have to do this. Bottom line. That's what they want, and that's what's uh, going to have to happen. So uh, listen, kudos to the city council for passing this beer, uh, for passing this law, um, and uh, kudos to Mayor Adams for eventually signing it and uh, getting outdoor dining to be permanent uh, in New York City. Our good friends from our mutual friend brewing company have announced uh, their August lineup uh, available right now, Dome Flow. It's an amber ale 
Aged with Amberna, Amberna wood, also known as Brazilian oak, it provides slight hints of cinnamon, vanilla, and hazelnut. It's a 5.2% ABV beer. It's available on draft and in 16-ounce cans. Coming up this Saturday, August 19th, uh, they're, they're, um, one of their favorite beers that they love to release yearly, uh, Beer Ovali. Uh, this is, got a silver medal at the GABF in 2021 and 2022. Uh, Jen Chodowski, the head brewer and co-owner of OMF, says it is equally complex and easy drinking with the perfect balance of acidity and funk, and it only comes around once a year, so get it while you can. And on Saturday, August 26th, Moneta, OMF's newest saison that is hopped with Belma and Cashmere, provides a soft and fruity yeast aroma as well as flavors of currants, sweetberry, and citrus. It's a 4.7% ABV beer. It's can conditioned, available on draft, and in 16-ounce cans. Kudos to the guys from OMF. Jan's a good guy, and uh, I like his beer a lot, and I'm hoping by next year I can get out to Colorado to check out a number of these different breweries. Uh, Mark your calendars for their summer block party, Zigmeister, Saturday, August 26th, in Hackettstown from noon to 10 p.m., a full day of craft beer, hard seltzer, field day, inspired games for everyone to play, live music, food vendors, and more. Uh, you can just head over to Zigmeister on Facebook. Check out their event page as well. That will give you all the details over the next coming weeks as to what is going to be there. Our good friends from Stone Brewing have announced the debut of its first ever official craft beer with the University of Southern California. Stone, Fla- uh, Stone Fight On Pale Ale, uh, the beer being brewed by Stone, obviously, with the Southern California-based brewery, has been trailblazing the craft beer category with a fierce commitment to quality and freshness for 27 years. The official USC Athletics beer will be available for purchase during this week uh, of August 14th. It is a pale ale that will be distributed uh, throughout Southern California at stores, bars, and restaurants on site at the Los Angeles Coliseum in the Galen Center, home of the USC Trojans. 16-ounce cans featuring classic USC uh, iconography. Iconography. Okay. Uh, And colors. Sorry. A word I've never seen before. Uh, Inside the beer is a quintessential SoCal pale ale. It's a balanced blend of tropical and citrusy hop flavors, light body, and endlessly drinkable at 5.5%. Very cool. Our other good friends from Trogues have announced the return of Oktoberfest Lager. It's a toasty, crisp, and festive beer for the fall season. And yes, it's close to fall season. That's why it's out. It weighs in at about 6.1% ABV, a toasty lager boasting notes of sweet caramel, fresh baked bread, and flowering herbs. It joins two of the brewery's popular year-round beers, Troganator Double Bock and Sunshine Pilsner, in its long-live lager celebration of this trending beer style. It's available on draft and in 12-ounce bottles and cans everywhere. Trogues beer is sold. Uh, Kudos to Trogues for putting out Oktoberfest. By the way, speaking of Oktoberfest, before we take a break, um, our friends from Ross Brewing are doing an Oktoberfest. It's taking place the weekend of September 29th. Um, I don't have all of the details as of yet. They're going to be brewing a bunch of different collab beers with some breweries in New Jersey and out of state. They will be doing a beer fest style uh, on Saturday the 30th. Uh, as you can expect, the traditional Oktoberfest pizzas and uh, not pizzas, excuse me, pretzels, I meant to say, and other things. We're scheduled to have John Cacosa uh, on the program next week, a two-part interview that will take place at Ross Brewing. I'll be taping sometime next week, uh, and we will get more details on that. But the tickets, if I'm not mistaken, are on sale already or about to go on sale. So uh, check out Ross Brewing on Facebook uh, for more information on that. That is at the end of September, and it's going to take place over that weekend, Friday the 29th, 
uh, through a Saturday, uh, Sunday, excuse me, Sunday, October 1st. Coming up next, Matt Barbieri for the next two segments. One of the co-founders of Two Ton Brewing in Kenilworth, New Jersey, will join me on the program. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. You know all the places you can follow me all over social media, Twitter, but now it's X, Instagram, threads, all that other nonsense. We won't get into all of that because if you don't know by now, then you don't know, and that's how it goes. Up next, though, we are coming to you from a wonderful brewery in Kenilworth, New Jersey. It's family-run, but that's not where they got their start here in Kenilworth. It actually started, if I'm not mistaken, in Linden, New Jersey. So we'll get into that in a minute. More on that in a moment. There are brewing some tasty brews literally three minutes off the Garden State Parkway. It's exit 138, in case you didn't know. Name of the brewery, Chuton Brewing. Uh, they're open Wednesday through Sunday. The website for more info is twotonbrewing.com. Let me welcome to the Craft Beer Cast for the first time, actually. I know the guys have been open for a couple of years. I've been here only once, amazingly. I live 10 minutes from here, and I've only been here once, but I've had their beers plenty of times. Matt Barbieri. Matt, thanks for having me here. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And so we are right now, we are sitting in the speakeasy. Now, before uh, the New Jersey ABC goes nuts uh, hearing speakeasy, there's only beer down here. There is no mixed drinks. There's nothing else. There's no food. So we want to make that quite clear. But um, we are sitting here in the speakeasy, and I'm going to get to that in, in a couple of minutes. But your brother, Jim, who's the brewer, started as a, a home brewer. But your first beer that you sold commercially was back in 2015. It was an Imperial IPA called Hammer and Ale. What was it like to get that first sale, and where did you brew that first beer? Was it was it Cypress? Uh, so it was an incredible feeling, but the first time we brewed that commercial, it was actually at Climax Brewing, uh, Roselle Park. Um, at the time, we, we were so excited. We got our license to, to wholesale, to be a gypsy brewer, and we were searching all over the state, and at the time, no one really wanted to take a contract. So Dave was nice enough to give us a shot, uh, but yeah, by the end of it, we were brewing a lot of Cypress. Okay. That's, I, I knew Cypress was in the mix at some point. And both you and your brother have an education background as well as your father. You were a special ed teacher. Your brother still works in the New Jersey school system as an administrator. How does that background translate to the brewery as a positive? Um, that's a great question. I mean, I really think it, it ties into our customer service and the experience here. Uh, we know how to talk to people. We have a lot of experience working with kids, adults, and, you know, coworkers. So, I think that just translates to our hospitality and like our, our feel here. We're a small family business, and we want everyone that walks through the door to, to really feel that and feel welcome and safe. And, uh, yeah, I think it translates in a positive way. Uh, we're talking with Matt Barbieri, the CEO of Two Ton Brewing in Kenilworth, New Jersey. They're open Wednesday through Sunday. The website for more information, twotonbrewing.com. We're here on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. And... One of the cool things you have here as we're sitting recording this interview is a speakeasy in the basement. It has a library feel to it, uh, a little spot that folks can can hang. Um, is it always open to the public, or do you have to reserve it ahead of time? Yeah, good question. We uh, we usually reserve it for private events, so we rent this out for private parties, like birthdays, engagement parties, that sort of thing. Um, however, if it is super busy, we'll open it up for some spillover for the, for the tap room. And how many taps do you have down here? So we have four beer taps down here. Um, guests get their own bathroom, their own bartender, and uh, they can you know, bring in catered food. It fits about 35 people, and it's just a nice different vibe than, than the upstairs. So, okay, so this room continues on because I'm trying to describe this for people on the radio. So you come down here in the basement. There's a, a table with a couple of chairs. Then you've got a long bench with seating for about 12 people, I would say. And then it, does it extend around the back, or is that the bathroom is in the back that way? It doesn't go anywhere to the right, correct? 
Uh, correct. That's just a sprinkler room. Got it. Got it. And then you got a couple. Of, you got a, a barrel here for seats. You got the bar right up front. I mean, it's a really cool feel. There's books all over the wall, sort of opened up and folded into pages. Um, and the guy who designed this for you guys, he's the one who came up with the idea of, of doing this with the books? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's correct. He's uh, my buddy from college, uh, Pavel Winnick. He's a very talented artist. He did the mural upstairs, uh, the mural in our beer garden, and then the uh, book installation as well. All right. And you were kind enough, uh, Matt, uh, to pour me a beer, a little taster, before we started. This is, uh, is this, what are you calling it? I know it's a Kolsch, but what is this again you called it? So we call this Sun Deck Flex. It's a ginger lime Kolsch. It's uh, one of our summer favorites here. It's got a really nice ginger hit to it right at the very beginning without being oppressive. Like sometimes I think people, when you're adding things to beer, sometimes the tendency is to go heavy. And this is nice and light and super crushable. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. It's, uh, ginger's a great ingredient, but it's a, it's a fine line. It's easy to overdo it. So uh, we're, we're happy with how it came out. Now, you guys are from Westfield originally. Was it always a plan to have a brewery here in Union County? Yeah, that was the plan. Uh, we wanted it to be close to home at, at the time when we opened. Uh, you know, we were in Linden, and then uh, we found this awesome location in Kenilworth. I was still living with my dad at the time in Westfield. Uh, but now my brother and I joke, we're kind of kicking ourselves because he lives down a wall, and my wife and I are in Titton Falls. So now we're kind of wishing we opened up down the shore because the commute is a little bit longer. <laughs> right. but, uh, but it's been great. It's been great. We like it here. Now, when you opened in Linden, um, it, it was a physical location, but it was not a tasting room. You were just, you were just brewing beer in Linden. Describe to people, you know, because I think people now when they go to breweries, especially in New Jersey, it's usually you go to a tap room and it's a working brewery. There's a section where there's uh, beer stuff going on and then there's a section of a tap room. But you didn't do it that way. You actually rented a spot in Linden to just brew beer. Uh, sort of, yeah, it's mostly correct. We, we didn't brew anything there actually. So we were, as gypsy brewers, we'd bring our recipes to other breweries and we, and we'd pay them. Um, so really we just had a big walk-in cooler. Um, so we were kind of like a distributor. So we were paying other breweries to manufacture for us, put it in our recipe, uh, and then put it in our kegs and, and cans and stuff under our label and, and brand name. And then I would go solicit to all these bars and restaurants and try to get it out there. And we're talking with Matt Barbieri, the CEO of Two Ton Brewing here in Kenilworth, New Jersey. Open Wednesday through Sunday. Website for more info, twotonbrewing.com. They're on Facebook. They're all over the uh, uh, the internets or the webs, uh, you know, all those cool things that uh, the kids like to say. I mean, listen, I'm an old fogey. What do you want? Um, I remember MySpace, so there you go. Um, but so as a gypsy brewer, um, and I know and I've talked with the guys from Bolero about this for years before they opened up their facility how much control did you have over the process of making your beer? Obviously, you're bringing them the ingredients. Sometimes the ingredients are already there. But from, from start to finish, how much control did you actually have over the making of the beer? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, and that was one of the scariest parts is, is you know, we're, we're there sometimes on brew days. Some, some breweries would allow us to be there and be part of the whole process. But, you know, once we leave for the day, there's still a lot that goes on on the cold side, um, you know, with monitoring fermentation and dry hops, et cetera. Uh, so some brews let us in for a lot of that and, and, uh, others, it was just kind of a lot of, a lot of faith and trust. And, uh, thankfully we got a lot of really good batches and we started to learn which, which people we liked working with more than others. And, uh, it was a lot of trial and error, but, uh, it was, it was a great experience for us to, to grow and start as a company. And then uh, finally, eventually settling on this spot in Kenilworth, um, what were some other towns in, in Union County that you looked at that, I mean, obviously you ultimately rejected, but you know, um, the experience here in Kenilworth itself, but what were the other towns that you looked at originally uh, before coming here? Yeah, so I looked all over. I spent uh, probably eight to ten months uh, searching with, with um, you know, 
various uh, realtors and just trying to find the right, right location. We looked all over. I looked at Mountainside, Roselle Park, Union, Cranford, Westfield, um, Scotch Plains, Berkeley Heights, you name it. I looked all over. And with breweries, they're, they're such a unique uh, – there's so many needs that we that – we, you know, there's so many things that we have to have with, um, you know, the, the ceiling height and the power and the water and the, the zoning, the ordinances. The town has to be okay with it. The building owner has to be okay with it. And we just kept running into so many roadblocks until Kenilworth was finally so business-friendly. They were like, yes, please come. We'll help you make it happen. And it's, it's great because Kenilworth does have a really nice industrial area, which is sort of where you need to be. But you're almost – you're, I mean, you're not that far from the center of town where all of the shops are, so you're not that far away. And it's easy access to the parkway, which is great. I mean, literally, it's a, it's a two-minute, you know, you make a, a, a left and a right, and you're on the parkway. Um, how helpful has the town of Kenilworth been uh, since you've been here? They've been great. They've been phenomenal. Uh, we couldn't ask for a better town, really. I mean, the, the mayor, the chief police, the fire department, everybody is so supportive. Um, we like to do a lot of fundraisers and philanthropies and give back, um, and they've, they've just been great. And, you know, Matt, you did do one uh, just recently. I remember I saw on, on social media, I think it was on Facebook, um, the garage that was over here, they had a massive fire, right? There was a, there's an auto, I guess, a, a repair shop or whatever, had a massive fire, and you guys did a fundraiser for them. How did that work out? It worked out well. I mean, it's it's completely tragic. I, I feel so bad for, for John and Perfection Plus Auto Next Door. They're, they're great people. They've been phenomenal neighbors, and it just... It's just so heartbreaking to see. As a business owner, I, I can only imagine what it's like to just lose everything like that, uh, you know, overnight, essentially. It's just it's heartbreaking. Um, but we were able to raise, you know, um, some money for them and, uh, it, 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 you know, just doing what we can to give back. I just, I just feel so bad for them. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, more from Matt Barbieri, the CEO of Two-Ton Brewing here in Kenilworth, New Jersey. Uh, Two-TonBrewing.com is the website for more information some tougher questions from Matt. He, th- he thinks I was going to be easy. I mean, not so tough. I mean, it's mostly stuff about uh, Governor Murphy and the ridiculous uh, beer bill that he refuses to sign. I'm going to get Matt's take on it. And uh, what's going on in the rest of uh, what's happening here at Tuton uh, coming up, like new beers and all kinds of stuff like that. We're going to do that in just a moment on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, we're coming to you from Kenilworth, New Jersey, uh, Union County, the home of Two Ton Brewing, which has been here since late 2018. Matt Barbieri, the CEO, rejoins me on the program. Now, Matt, the beer bill was passed by both houses unanimously just before the July 1 budget deadline. Governor has signaled he will not sign it and conditionally veto it with some things he would like to see in, in it that, in my opinion, will, really has no chance of passing and the bill is going to die at the end of the year because the way it the way it works here for those who don't know in a lame duck session uh, there is the the um, both the um, assembly and the senate are out of session now they will be out of session until after the election they're not returning until about a week after the election so they're going to have about six weeks basically to try and put this through unless they have to come back early for something else so more than likely what Governor Murphy wants is not going to happen in this bill what is your opinion on this whole situation? It's really frustrating. Um, it's it's brutal to be honest. I mean, we're we're struggling. I can only speak for for myself here at Teton and, and my business. But you know, these restrictions we're we're still recovering from COVID and uh, supply chain and inflation, and we're just trying to make a living and get by and stay open. To be honest, and 
it's just so frustrating that he won't sign the bill. I mean, I had the chance to meet him actually earlier this year. I got invited to uh, a roundtable on liquor license reform. And I actually got to meet him and talk to him. And it seemed like he was on board. And, uh, and now it just seems like we're a part of this greater reform and we're just kind of like a bargaining chip. But it's like our businesses are on the line here. So it's really frustrating. Um, and, yeah, I just uh, – he, he, I think he went on record saying, like, if we went through the proper channels, he would, he would sign it. And, yet we did that, and the public has been amazing. We've been so supportive, calling and, and uh, reaching out to all the, you know, the senators and governors and everything, and I mean mayors and everything. And he still won't sign it, even though we went through all the proper channels. We did everything right, and it's just very frustrating. He's just hurting small business. And, and, and that's, the, that's the tough thing, and I think that people don't seem to understand. How is it, as a small business, can you plan for the future – if you don't even know if the rules are going to go back to where, you know, where they were before July 1, after January 1, who knows what's going to happen here. Now, the Attorney General, Matt Placken, announced shortly after this whole thing where the bill wasn't signed that the ABC was suspending enforcement of the special ruling through the end of the year, which is the end of the current legislative term. Now, Jennifer Ciortino, a spokesperson for the Murphy administration, cited that move saying it provides the relief brewery owners had been largely seeking under the bill. In the meantime... Uh, is it really providing relief for your business, or is it affecting your business adversely? I mean, it provides a little bit of relief for for a couple months, but you know that still leaves so much uncertainty that what what the future holds. I mean, I, I'm not trying to compete with Applebee's and, and uh, you know serve two dollar Bud Lights and and you know crappy mozzarella sticks. We're just trying to have a, a nice brewery where. Families can come in, kid, you know, people can bring their kids, their dogs. You know, we see a lot of date nights and stuff like that. We're really not trying to be open till 2 a.m. And, and have this crazy bar scene. We're just totally different uh, business model than bars. So I don't understand why they can't just, like, give us a little breathing room. And it's just really hard to operate with it with all that uncertainty for yeah, the future. And, and, the, and the location that you're in is very difficult for you to host a food truck or something like that. I know some breweries, have, you know, they're advertising food trucks that are coming to their place or whatever this and that. The, the way the logistics work out for your, uh, for your place, it would be tough to have a food truck in front of here. I mean, you could do it, but it would, be, it would be a little difficult. And I know that some breweries are just saying, you know what, screw the rules. I'm just going to do what I want. Let them come after me. I don't care. Uh, but you haven't seen anybody from the ABC that's enforcing anything or doing anything that's adversely affecting your business, correct? Yeah, correct. Not personally here. Um, we, we've been, we pride ourselves in doing everything by the book since the beginning. I mean, my, my transit insignia on my car is 0001. <laughs> I was like one of the first people to get it. Right. So we've been doing everything by the book. And I see other people, you know, kind of playing a little more fast and loose. But at some point, we're like, well, we got to survive. So right. we're, we're going to have to take some chances. So, it, you know, we, we, we got to do what we can. And it's just really hard with all the uncertainty. Talking with Matt Barbieri, the CEO of Two Ton Brewing in Kenilworth, New Jersey. They're open Wednesday through Sunday. Website for more info, twotonbrewing.com. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer now, Ickers recently launched a beer called Sign the Bill Phil, and we're asking for other breweries to use the label and make their own version of it. 25% of the proceeds would help the Brewers Guild of New Jersey to keep things moving. Any chance Two Ton brews that beer at some point? Uh, it's definitely a possibility. Um, I, I love the idea. We're, we're actually members of the uh, Brewers Association, right. the New Jersey Brewers Association. Um, but there is a possibility. Okay. Uh, finally, um, oh, not so much finally, but we still have a couple of minutes here. But what is coming out soon from Two Ton that we can tell the folks why they should come here and have a few pints? 
Well, as much as I love the summer, I'm really excited for the fall. I mean, the fall is like beer drinking season. It's our bread and butter. We have our anniversary. We have a lot of fun events coming up. And for me, it's like my favorite time of year for beers, too. So uh, speaking of Hammer and Ale, we're going to be bringing that back. We're going to be brewing that and releasing it in cans for our anniversary, if not sooner. Uh, we have a pumpkin beer coming out. We have an Oktoberfest, a Mirzen, a Marzen. Um, and uh, what else do we have? Just a couple other great fall beers, our chocolate porter. Um, so we should have a nice variety for the fall. And, and, you know, for those that don't understand, I mean, it is August and everyone starts screaming when they see the Oktoberfest beers and the pumpkin beers come out. But from a, from a business standpoint, you have to get those beers out early because if you wait until October to get those beers out, uh, it's too late. Then you've got October beers sitting, you know, in January and February. You want that supply to be done uh, by the end of October, the beginning of, at the very least by Thanksgiving, you want that stuff to be over with, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we, it's it's important to plan ahead with production, especially because the beer ferments our ales and lagers at you know different rates and times. So it's uh, you know, like you said, we definitely don't want to be serving pumpkin like at Christmas. <laughs> um, you know, talk to me a little bit about you know we 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 just we touched on it briefly about from a business standpoint in planning for the future. And you're talking about yourself as your own business that you're hurting because of these restrictions, even before they said, listen, we're going to loosen the rules. But six months is not enough time to make up for what happened, uh, you know, during the pandemic. Every business is hurting inflation. It's, it's tougher to get money from a bank to try and, you know, even if you wanted to build out or whatever, the interest rates are too high. What do you do as a business to help the bottom line? Is it going to more bars to try and get your beer in more bars? Is it you know, doing festivals, is it trying to do something unique that gets people in the doors? I mean, I'm, you know, I'm sure you have a, you get a great crowd on the weekends and stuff. Is it bringing in music? What, what's the, I don't want to say what the secret is, but what's the, what's the elixir that gives you that balance that helps you to make a little bit more money and stay consistent? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, we've we've tried to get creative uh, to answer questions to just to keep things going. I mean, I've personally taken a pay cut so that my employees can uh, can we can retain them, you know, so we don't have to let anybody go um, because I love our team here and I'm really proud and thankful to have them. Um, but for us, uh, we like I said, we had to get creative. So we partnered with. Um, the Asbury Festival and Beer Garden down the okay. shore. Um, we're now brewing their house beer. Uh, that's been huge for us. They're, I've had it. It's good. I like it. Thank you. Appreciate it. They're, they've been a great customer. Um, and then our friends at Galloping Hill, right around the corner, we started brewing a uh, American Pale Ale for them as well. Uh, grounds under repair. And they seem to really like that as well. So little things like that are a huge help. Just a steady, like brewing a beer that you know is almost pre- is pre-sold. It's really helpful. Right. Now at Galloping Hill, are you talking about at the, at the catering hall or at, the, uh, at Five Points, the hot dog place as well? Uh, it's at, I think it's called The Knot, um, or Galloping Hill Restaurant Tavern. They have uh, their own bar and restaurant inside the, uh, inside the building. Because those hot dogs, by the way, if you want the best hot dogs in New Jersey, uh, it, yeah, everybody says Rutz Hut and whatever. If you want a ripper, that's great. Just go over to Five Points right over here in Gall- the Galloping Hill. It's a catering hall, but then there's a little uh, tiny spot that's right there uh, that you go in. It's probably some of the best hot dogs. And I don't eat a lot of hot dogs, but when I want one, that's where I go to get my hot dog. I'll have a ripper every once in a while, but that is a great spot uh, for a hot dog. I have had that beer at um, you know, the Fest Hall in Asbury Park. That is a delicious beer, and I'd love to see you guys do more of that stuff. I know they get the traditional German stuff, um, but that's really cool that you're partnering with them. I mean, listen, I know it's a hike for you guys because you're brewing up here and you're having to bring it all the way down there, uh, but that's really cool because there are other breweries in the area there, and you guys jumped in on that pretty quickly, so that is really cool, and it's got to be a great relationship. 
Yeah, absolutely. They they've been awesome, and you you know you nailed it. They, there's a lot of other great breweries, and there's bigger breweries, quite frankly, that are much closer. But um, they, I met with them, and they really liked our product. They liked our story, and uh, they, you know we've been consistent for them. So I think that really that really helps the relationship. But see, that's the thing, folks, about beer and what brings people together. It's about the relationships. You can you can be a big beer company. I mean, earlier this week we had Tilray Brands uh, buying out a bunch of uh, you know craft breweries that uh, AB InBev had bought, and who knows what they're going to do with them. I my hope is that they. I don't want to say bring them back to their former glory because they've, they're still brewing the same beer. It's just people didn't want to buy them because they were AB InBev. But now they're not a part of that anymore, and you'd hope to see some you know market share rise. But to me, that's the, the, the great thing about this business and about what you guys do is that it's about relationships. You're all fighting for the same piece of the pie, but in the end, you're all there to help one another out in whatever way that you can do. And that's got to be a great feeling at the end. I know you and your brother, you know, your father, the education background, wanting to help people, that's got to make you feel awesome every time that something like that happens. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the craft beer industry, the, the best part about it is, is the community, both the people, the customers. But honestly, the, um, like other breweries as well, I'm friends with so many other brewery owners or, or people that work at breweries in the state, and they're just so supportive and so helpful and it's just, it's just a great community. We're just happy to be part of it. And then, Matt, my last question. Um, I know that you guys used to do a lot of festivals, and I haven't seen you around in the festival circuit for quite some time. Uh, are you going to start doing those things again, or is it just from a production standpoint that, hey, we're pumping out enough beer that we can keep things afloat and we just want to hold back for a little bit until you know we can sort of right the ship? Yeah, we've been a little more picky uh, about which festivals we, we participate in, to be honest. Um, and it's kind of funny. Our, our tent got destroyed at AC Beer Fest <laughs> so, oh, wow. from the wind outside of Baderfield. Oh, um, oh, the Saturday. Yeah, oh. so we, uh, you know, we're kind of, we got to recover from that. But, uh, yeah. but we'll be back out there. That- I, I've never seen a June day where it was so brutal because that was the day I was down there where the wind was so bad that any, any vendor who brought sweatshirts and long sleeve shirts made a killing and everyone was saying everyone that i talked to were like next year we're bringing long sleeve shirts and you know it's going to be like 900 degrees if indeed john actually has it uh, at bader field i know the field was sold and some developers supposed to be building houses and an e-racetrack i don't know how that's going to go over but whatever that's atlantic city's problem um i guess this has been matt barbieri the ceo of two-time brewing in kenilworth new jersey they're open wednesday through sunday come on down here it's right off the garden state parkway exit 138 a very quick trip it's very if you're anywhere in union county uh easy to get to and it's easy to get to from anywhere if you have access to the garden state parkway the website for more info here twotonbrewing.com matt thank you for having me here and uh, joining me for a couple of segments i very much appreciate it yeah thank you for having me i appreciate it up next, it's time for Suds and Duds on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. Final segment of the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. A little Blues Delight. Slightly Hungover is the name of the song, which happens to be the name of the album. A uh, bunch of different musicians. I don't know too much about these guys. Found them on YouTube. Have to check them out. See if they're touring. Right up my uh, alley. Um, good stuff. Listen to a couple of these tunes. Not bad. I like it. 
All right, uh, let us dive into Suds and Duds, because there's a bunch of beers. I mean, I have a backlog of beers from, obviously, last week's um, Best of Show, where we did not have a Suds and Duds. But let's kick it off with some Killsboro Good Problems. What a great beer. A delicious Hellas Lager. Really hits the spot. Uh, I had this on a humid day in New Jersey. This was uh, shortly after I did my interview uh, with Sean Torres from Killsboro to promote uh, Pizza Party. And uh, for everybody that came out to Pizza Party, wow, what a great time. I mean, we really had a good time. Even though it was boiling hot, but it was a lot of fun. There was a decent breeze. It was uh, it was an enjoyable, enjoyable Saturday afternoon uh, at Snug Harbor. But bready caramel, a beautifully done uh, Hellas Lager. Delicious. Uh, then had a uh, carton uh, build straight out of scratch. Uh, this is their uh, New Jersey IPA. Uh, it was my last can in the fridge. A really banging beer. Um, love the guys from Carton. And then I am so glad that I picked this up during Lagerfest. Um, Eastern Horizons uh, by Icarus Brewing. This was... Um, I wish I had bought more than one can. The dark chocolate bitterness is phenomenal in this beer. Um, let it sit, warm it up a little bit. Let it reach that sort of uh, 55, 60-degree threshold. A fantastic beer. So good that it's on tap. I don't know if it's still on tap at Paragon Tap and Table. Um, But we were there for IPA Day uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, I made sure that my neighbor had one because he loves a good porter. I mean, this is strong. It's over 8%, um, but a really uh, delicious porter that went down very easily. Uh, Sky Gazing by Killsboro. This is a wonderfully done um, fruited sour. A lot of flavor from the guava, the peach, and the orange with a kiss from the marshmallow. You get the marshmallow in there, but it is not overt. It is not um, in your face. Sometimes the, uh, the marshmallow is a little too sweet. It's a little too heavy. Um, not with this beer. Delicious. A fantastic beer uh, from beginning to end. Roll the can, of course. Uh, before you pour it, but a fantastic, fantastic beer. Then had a um, at Paragon. Speaking of Paragon Tap and Table, uh, exit one thirty five off the Garden State Parkway. No, they don't pay me to say that, uh, but it's my favorite place to go. They have a brand new menu. Chef Juan is knocking it out of the park. Uh, there is there is just some great changes that have gone on with the menu uh, at Paragon. Delicious food, and uh, the beer is always spot on, and. Uh, Built to Spill uh, from uh, Foam, Bre- uh, Foam Brewers. Uh, fantastic beer. Hitting all the right notes for a juicy, delicious. Then I fi- followed that up with a Gold Dust by Oak Flower. Uh, solid stuff. Great new brewery. If you have not been to Oak Flower over in Millington, um, right across the street from the train station there in Millington, New Jersey, uh, you are missing out on something. They are doing a fantastic job, Oak Flower. Got to check them out. But Paragon does get Oak Flower beers in. Uh, on the regular, which is great. Uh, Milk and Cookies by Ross Brewing Company. This is a pastry shout, uh, stout. Um, and, if and I, you know, for some reason, I had the can sitting in my fridge for a while, and I forgot, I'd forgotten all about it. It was in my upstairs fridge and sort of got pushed to the back. Uh, and I was sitting out on a Friday night, beautiful weather, and I decided, why not crack it? Now, if you like gingerbread, graham crackers, and cinnamon, uh, this beer is right up your alley. I mean... There is a a chocolate chip cookie on the front of the can, but honestly, this is more like a um, this is more like an oatmeal raisin 
with the, the, the cinnamon, the graham cracker, the gingerbread, you know, that, like that kind of, it's not a chocolate chip cookie by any stretch. So if you see the chocolate chip cookie, it's not chocolate. I get it. It's the playoff of milk and cookies. But that this is a really good pastry stout. And not super, for a pastry stout, not super ABV heavy. Like sometimes pastry stouts are a little too, you know, 8 9%. You really don't want in there thick and this and that. That's not this beer. This is much lower in ABV. Um, and it is not super thick, uh, but a delicious beer nonetheless. Uh, the uh, ladies uh, from Crack One at the Summit uh, gave me some beers. And uh, I finally, uh, you know, cracked a couple of them open. But I made a, a big mistake. And if you follow me on Untapped uh, at Catulo, you'll understand why. Uh, it was a rookie pour uh, from me. Uh, Should have um, rolled the can a little bit before I poured it. I thought I did, and I didn't. Uh, very chunky that it came out. Um, big peach hit off of this. I did not get a ton of lactose. Now, the beer was canned in April, so I'm not sure, and, and I'm not sure if it was kept cold the entire time. I assumed that it was, but maybe it wasn't. Um, not bad. Um, okay. Uh, I don't know if I would go into it again. The peach, the peach flavor was great. I was just expecting uh, a little bit more lactose out of that, and I didn't get it. However, one of the other cans that they gave me, and thank you, Colleen and Kim, Slush Punch by Lone Pine Brewing. This is a perfect beer on a hot day. Delicious, not super sour, cherry, tangerine, lemon, um, and strong. Uh, this is, you know, well over the 5% threshold. Uh, that's why it's an imperial sour. It is fantastic. That's a good beer. Solid. Uh, it's got that tartness. Um, it, it's it's a little bit of sourness, but not super sour, but that tartness is right up front, and you get it with all the citrus flavors. Really, really good. Uh, when I was at Pizza Party, um, had some great beers, um, many of which were from other breweries. Rise Up Rye by Gunhill Brewing. Uh, this is the one that they did with the, um, uh, oh, God, the Broadway guys, right? It's the Broadway guys? Yeah, it's the Broadway guys, right? Oh, my God. Why am I forgetting? My brain is just doing all different sorts of um, brain farts today. And that's not good. I don't like when those things happen. So I want to make sure that I get the name right. Um, let's see here. Yeah. Right? Uh, no, Curtain Up Beer. That's what it was. Curtain Up Beer. Right. Wait a minute. Why am I forgetting this? This is terrible. That's a bad job out of me. That's a bad job out of me. Ugh. Sorry. It's, uh, yeah, the Broadway. I'm almost positive. It's, oh, my God. I, I don't, I don't, I, I, you know, ladies and gentlemen, I hate when this happens, when you make mistakes like this. Um, anyway, it's a delicious beer. You should definitely have it. Um, I'm trying to pull up the picture. Let's see if I pull up the picture. Uh, oh, this was the Hamilton Legacy Series. That's right. Now I remember it. Oh, my goodness gracious. Uh, sometimes I, I'm just like, you know, sorry, folks, I'm a complete idiot. Um, that was a great beer. Green City by Other Half. They were handing out, Other Half was handing out cans, which is phenomenal. That is a great beer. Um, had uh, from uh, Five Boroughs. It's pronounced Houston, not Houston, uh, which is great because it's a play off of Houston Street, um, which is which is wonderful. Excellent hazy, not too sweet, uh, delicious. Again, uh, just a lot of the beers uh, that were there 
A lot of them very light, um, easy to drink, easy to get down, and um, it's just a great time uh, was had by all. I don't know why I'm having all these different like brain farts today. You got to remember, folks, I taped this show early in the morning, so sometimes I don't have all my thoughts. And, you know, I say this to myself all the time that I'm going to write a lot of things down, and a lot of times when I do this segment, I don't. I try to do it off the cuff, and I have to remember that I'm not as young as I used to be. Uh, speaking of which, I was in uh, at Manahopkin last weekend. Um, we'll get into that in a couple of, uh, it, probably next week's show we'll try and get into that. Uh, great time, Craft Beer Music Festival in Manahawken, in the center of Manahawken. And um, thank you, Vic, for inviting me and judging. It's a great event. I love judging at this event because um, we don't drink 50 beers and try and judge them. We get a select amount of beers. It's usually anywhere between five and seven. Um, sometimes it's the same style, sometimes it's not. But it's really good because it's spread out over a bunch of people and um, you're not overwhelmed and you really taste everything in the beer. And uh, kudos to uh, Birdsmouth uh, for winning the uh, the trophy for their Mexican lager. It's a fantastic beer. If you haven't been to Birdsmouth in Fort Monmouth, do yourself a favor. Get down there. Check them out. They're awesome. Uh, but it was a great event. But I ended up, uh, my friend has a house in Manahawk, and we went back there afterwards. And I banged up my leg pretty bad where I cut it, bleeding the whole thing. What a mess. Anyway, um, we are out of time here. My thanks to everybody involved in the show, including my guest, Matt Barbieri, one of the co-founders of Two-Ton Brewing over in Kenilworth, New Jersey. Go check them out, 137 off the Garden State Parkway. And, of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. Back on the Joe Piscopo Show Tuesday at 6 a.m. because I'm off Monday because I'm at Joe Bonamassa tonight. Sticks and Don Felder up at Bethel Woods in uh, Bethel, New York. This has been the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Cheers, everybody. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.